It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. everybody i'm larry roberts and i'm sarah losi and this is branded your comprehensive guide to creative branding and on this episode we're going to talk about how to build your brand through networking this is a topic i'm really excited to talk about i am a huge fan of networking i have gotten so many valuable friendships and connections through different networking events that i've done and i think it's something that people don't give enough credit to and don't really value as much as they should. Yeah. You know, I I think sometimes networking gets a bad rap because there's those professional networkers that are out there that really just use networking as their social outlet. It, 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 you know, it's, that's their friends. That's their, their circle of, uh, of basically of entertainment. They go to all these networking events, just kind of to hang out eat the little finger foods and have a couple of drinks and, uh, and then call it a night. But if you're really looking to build a brand and you're really looking to establish yourself, networking events are a perfect place to do it. I agree. And I think we have to go into these events with a mindset of, I want to build connections, not I want to sell my services. And that is something that people don't necessarily really think about. Yes, a networking event is a great opportunity to find potential clients, but it's also just an opportunity to find connections that could lead to other opportunities later. I I know when I first started networking, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, of course, throughout my corporate career, we'd go to these little networking events that were corporate driven and I was there representing the company. And those didn't mean a whole lot to me directly because, I mean, we were there for the company. But as an entrepreneur, as somebody that's trying to grow my own personal brand or my own business brand, these networking opportunities give you that chance to introduce who and what you are, what your values are, what your products and services are. But you have to kind of do it in a way that's social. And I think that's where a lot of people drop the ball. They get out there and they start giving you that used car sales pitch. Hey, I'm Larry Roberts and I have a podcast company and I love to launch podcasts. Let's launch one for you. And then they fall flat on their face and no one wants to be their friend. So, but it takes time to figure that out, doesn't it? It does. And it's definitely, I mean, I've gotten better at it over the years and I'm sure I'll get better at it as I continue. But I'm curious, like, do you have a networking experience that really stood out to you and if you don't i do so if if i'm putting you on the spot it's okay i can i can tell mine they're all very similar because we get these opportunities to go to these networking events and we typically if it's a brand new event we know nobody so here we are we have no security blanket we have no quote unquote friends that are going with us we're going to this event hoping to meet people and establish, as you said, a connection, a relationship with some new folks. 
And I specifically remember going to one here in Dallas. It was at a restaurant called 12 Cuts, which is a Brazilian steakhouse. Amazing. So if you ever are in Dallas, head over there to 12 Cuts. You'll love it uh, if you love steak anyways. But I went there and it was this, uh, it, it was a networking group, but it was a professional quote unquote networking group. And anybody that knows me knows that while I conduct my business in a very professional manner, I don't necessarily front that professional look. I'm typically wearing a hoodie or maybe a three-quarter zip-up type pullover and, of course, the red ball cap. So how do I fit in in these professional networking environments? But I got there. You know, I met somebody else that just happened to be a podcaster. And instantly, once you make that connection with that one person, you start getting those introductions to others around you. And before you know it, you've met half the people in the room. And now the next time you go back to the network networking event, you can have conversations right out of the gate, but it's so difficult to take that first step. And that's what makes it so hard, or it did. It's not so much that way anymore, but made it so hard for me to start networking in the first place. Going to these professional networking events as an independent entrepreneur and trying to quote unquote fit in, that can be extremely scary. But it ended up paying off. You know, I established relationships with several people, uh, several businesses, not people in that networking event. And it blossomed into business opportunities. It turned into clients. It turned into monetization opportunities, which if you heard our last episode, that's exactly what we were talking about. And if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. It's how to monetize your podcast and monetize your brand. And networking is one of the best ways to do it. I'll, I'll never forget this interaction just because of how much of an impact it's had, not even like financially, but just on my mindset. But I was at FinCon and I was just at one of their parties and somebody comes up to me to introduce a gentleman named Clifton Corbin, who is a, an author. And he really wanted to be on the podcast that I produce. And I go into these events with authenticity in mind. I'm not a very polished professional person. I just go in as myself. So when he asked to be on my podcast, I just decided to have some fun with it. And I was just messing with him. I was like, you know, maybe I'll think about it. Send me some, uh, send me some reels, send me something that you've got and I'll see if you're a good fit. And I was just ha having a little fun, but he was like, oh, absolutely. I'll send you everything. And I would really, I would be honored to be on your show. So after about a month or two of just him continuously following up and me saying, yeah, I'm considering it and I have to watch a few more things and really get a feel for if you're a fit. I finally tell him, I was just messing with you. Of course, you could be on our show. Here's the link. But because I went in as just like being myself with it, we formed kind of a friendship. He thought it was really funny. He um, he loved that we kind of got to know each other over these couple months and he became a really big supporter of me not of the brand I was representing, which got really important a few months later when I launched my own brand. I left the company that I had been representing at the time. He sees this on LinkedIn and he sends me a message. Hey, I see you just launched a company. Do you mind if I introduce you to a couple of people? And of course, that's a silly question. Please introduce me to several people. So he just starts sending messages to people in his network that have ever mentioned an interest in podcasting. And I set up some calls with them, talk about what I do. And one of them that he connected me to was named Danielle Lewis. And you guys will meet her soon because she's actually going to be a guest on our show. 
but she reaches out to me. We get on a Zoom. We had scheduled maybe a 30 minute call. I think we were on Zoom for like two hours, just talking and talking about personal things and business things and just forming a friendship. And now I ended up doing a webinar for her network so I could teach her people about what I do. And that can lead to opportunities. It's something I was able to repurpose on my website. And every time I post something that I'm doing, she shares it every single time. And it all came from one conversation where I was just truly myself and really authentic. And if people resonate with who you are, and you said before, it's like, I didn't connect with people. It was businesses. No, it was people because the people are the ones we connect with. I know why you said it. It sounded dirty, but <laughs> but we connect with humans. Humans connect with humans. They don't want to interact with a brand. They want to interact with who you are, which is why it's so important for your personal brand to be authentic to who you are just as a person. And it has paid off so much for me just with the people I've been able to meet and the support group I've been able to form around me that I know if I do something, I will have at least one person cheering me on on the side. No, that's amazing. And, and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you talked about support groups. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the easiest ways to find networking opportunities is to join groups that are in your community. You know, I'm, I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth, major Metroplex, and there are a ton of networking opportunities and networking groups that are here in the area. But even in smaller towns and smaller cities, you've still got networking groups that are out there. And I think that's absolutely so critical to establishing yourself. I mean, even, you know, I'm from a small town at very North Texas called Denison, little bitty town up there on the border of of Texas and Oklahoma. And even from Denison and Sherman, which are sister cities that are right next to each other, uh, you know, I joined organizations even in my early 20s, like Toastmasters and, uh, you know, church communities and uh, the local chamber and any opportunity that I had to interact with other people and get to know other people and shake hands and interact and build those relationships. You know, today I belong to an organization here in Dallas called Success North Dallas. It's an organization that's been around for like 34 years. It's a massive organization that's all about networking for big businesses here in Dallas. And it's been an amazing opportunity for me to meet all of these CEOs and CFOs and CMOs of all of these big businesses in Dallas and start establishing those relationships. And then to take that to the next level, they have another membership called the Young Executives, the Success North Dallas Young Executives, which are for roughly 25 to, I think the cutoff is 42. I guess 42 is young, so that makes me old. But 25 to 42, they consider their young executives. And that's another subset of individuals that I have the opportunity to interact with and be involved with. And I'm heavily involved in the young executives. I sponsor the young executives. And that gives me the opportunity to meet these new influencers that are coming into the space, that are coming into the business environment of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and establishing themselves as the next generation of leaders. And that allows me to interact and be involved with them on a completely different level because they wouldn't even know me otherwise. I mean, why would they talk to the dude in the red hat? But because of these networking organizations that I belong to, I have the opportunity to meet these people and develop these relationships, as you mentioned, with these people that open up significant opportunities down the road. 
Yeah. And I think the most important keyword there is relationships. Nobody likes a salesman and you can smell a sleazy salesman from five miles away. If you go into a networking event with a, this is what I do. This is what I'm selling to you. Do you want to buy it? Kind of mentality. You're not making a relationship. You need to go into it with that. What, what do you do? Who are you? How can we help each other? What can I do for you? Who can I connect you with? All of these other ways of how am I able to serve the people in this room? That is how you're going to get those relationships. And that, that's how you're going to form that support group. Because you need people who want to support you. You don't just need people who know what you do. Knowing what you do is great, but if they're not supporting what you do, nothing is going to come from it. You know, I don't even take business cards to networking events. And I know some people listening right now, they're going, dude, that's stupid. Why would you take business cards? But that's not how I want to do business. I don't want it to be transactional. Here, take this piece of cardboard and throw it in the, the, the side panel of your car door and forget that it's there until you have the car cleaned the next time. I want to be able to have a conversation and have that individual remember me and potentially exchange real information. You know, give me your phone number, shoot me a text. Let's reach out. Here's my booking link. Do whatever you need to do to establish that relationship. But for me, the perspective with business cards is it instantly makes it just transactional. This is what we're supposed to do because we're at a networking event. So here's my card. Take that. No. And I don't even mind people going, hey, do you have a card? And I go, no, I don't have my card on me. But hey, why don't you give me your number? Shoot me a text real quick. Let's connect. Now I have a real conversation that's already in my phone that I can reply to and continue that conversation and let that conversation evolve into a relationship. That makes sense. I, I do have business cards and I do bring them everywhere that I go. But I have that same mentality that I don't just like hand you a business card and walk away. I give you a business card as a, I want to continue this conversation. My The number on this is textable. Shoot me a text. Send me an email. Let's set up a time to talk. My website has a contact link. You can book a call with me. Let's continue this conversation. It's not, oh, you heard what I do. Here's my card. Just go to my website. It's let's continue this conversation. Here's my contact information. And if they prefer that they just type it into their phone, if they just want to pull up my website and book it up right on the spot, that's totally fine. I'm not going to be offended by someone's like, oh, you know what? I don't really take business cards. I just get lost. Okay, cool. Here's my URL. Go book some time with me. I want to continue having this conversation and I want to continue getting to know you. Well, it's funny because I, I do have business cards, but I use them mostly for throwing in the fishbowl for free giveaways and things like that at the networking events. But one of the things that I do with the business cards so that's a little bit different than I see a lot of people doing is I invest some money in my business cards. I mean, they are super, super thick. They're super, super polished. They are totally, you know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a Christian Bale movie. What I can't remember what the name of it is. Batman. Uh, well, no, it wasn't Batman. Um, where, well, regrettably, he's a serial killer. But, but, but the, American he, Psycho? American Psycho, yes. There's a scene in American Psycho where they're literally sitting there comparing, business, comparing cards. business cards. And that resonated with me to this day where I go, okay, I'm going to make sure that if somebody takes my business card, they feel it. It, it, it makes an impact. They go, wow, this thing, this is a very stiff card. This is a very hefty card. It's got a great paperweight to it. It's got a great feel to it. It's got a great look to it. 
So that movie influenced the way that I do business cards. Now, granted, my business cards are pretty expensive, and a lot of people don't want to put that kind of money into a dated piece of marketing material, you know, a business card. But to this day, I still get comments just about every time someone does pick, they're like, oh, do I have two? Did I get two of your cards? Nope, no, it's it's just, just one. So I still leverage the opportunity to make that impact and make that impression so that it leaves that little thought in their mind. They're going, oh yeah, that's the guy with that thick ass business card that I need to reach back out to and talk to about whatever they're wanting to connect with me on. So if you're going to use business cards, step your game up a little bit and build that brand with a business card that stands out. It makes me laugh because we we talk all the time about how different our personal brands are from each other, despite how well we work together and how close we've become over the years. But you are that big personality. You are that person that stands out that people just recognize and you have that big, thick business card. I'm not that. I am more soft-spoken. I'm the more like feminine touch. My business cards are the soft touch paper <laughs> that feels really nice in your hands. And every time I give someone a business card, they're like, oh my God, this card feels so good. Like, I love this paper. So we do the same thing without realizing it. My card is so branded to who I am. And so is yours. I did not get the inspiration for that from a serial killer, but <laughs> <laughs> it led us to the same place. My cards are pretty. They're in my colors and they're very, I don't, it's like velvety. I don't, I don't know what it is, but they were probably not as expensive as yours. But I also do something when I get business cards that is, I, I, I get mixed um, ideas of whether or not this is okay. And I'd love to get your take on it. Okay. If you give me your business card and it has your email address on it, you're giving me permission to contact you. So I go and add you to my email list in constant contact. So I basically subscribe you to my mailing list. I think that's okay because you gave me your email address. You invited me to contact you. That's basically you checking the box of, yes, I agree to receive messages from this person. Do you agree? Well, um, I wouldn't necessarily agree. However, however, I would not scold you for it. Um, I kind of have a history of doing some similar things for yeah. establishing my brand. Um, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Is that true? Is that true? And we're probably going to lose listeners here. But <laughs> I mean, uh, let's just, uh, if I'm being 100% honest, there's probably been more than one time in my life that I've received a cease and desist. Uh, and, and not from stalking people, but from doing certain things that maybe I, I may have sold some things on eBay back in the day that I didn't necessarily have permission to sell. But as soon as I got that cease and desist, I, I definitely stopped. So, you know, can you add them to your email list? Yeah, you can. Did they give you permission to contact you? Yeah, they kind of did. But they didn't necessarily give you direct permission to send them your newsletter on a weekly basis or a so, multiple weekly, you know, three times a week. Uh, they didn't necessarily give you permission to do that. Correct. But, they always have that opportunity to hit that unsubscribe as well. Exactly. And let me defend myself here a little bit. 
So I do this when I go to big conferences and I get just stacks and stacks of business cards. Sure. And then I send a follow-up email about that event with a note in the email that says, feel free to unsubscribe. So it's just a, it was so great to meet you at X event. Um, I would love to get to know you better. Let's stay in touch, visit my website, find out more about what I do. And I think at the last one I actually wrote, um, if you don't want to receive these emails, feel free to unsubscribe and we'll just awkwardly avoid eye contact at every other event we see each other at. So you intimidate them into staying on your email list is what you're saying. Yes, but I do say you can. I just guilt you into not. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it's my brand. I was raised by a Jewish woman. We go with guilt. Oh, my. Okay. Well, and on that note, um, if you want to leave us your email address, please do so in the comment section below. We would love to add you to our mailing list. And for that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Branded. And if you enjoyed this episode, you got some value out of it. Do me a favor, smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you're on so we can continue to bring you this insightful commentary each and every week. And with that, I am Larry Roberts. I'm Sarah Losey, and we'll see you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.